All too often, people complicate data, what it is, what it does, and what it can do. So we sat down with Luann Allen, director of eTrack Services, to go over data. We broke it down simply. We went over the kinds of data and how it moves, the applications of data for transportation, what kind of technical literacy to expect from your regional and local carriers, data's role in shifting to a paperless supply chain, and how to utilize data to maintain efficiency. For more Last Mile resources, visit www.etrackfinalmile.com. And to learn more about Luann, find her LinkedIn in the show notes. Good morning. So one of the most prominent uh, prominent questions we get at eTrack is about data. So we hear misconception every day about what data is, what data does, its role in maintaining visibility to your last mile. Um, it seems like a daunting task. That's one of the biggest obstacles in reaching regional and local final mile carriers is that data piece and maintaining that visibility. But at eTrack, one of the things we do is make it simple. Um, and starting to make it simple, we need to help define what data is, why it's not that complicated, why your company and you and your role can manage it. So to help break it down, to help explain it, uh, we've run and Luann Allen, our director of eTrack Services. Um, she has a few decades of experience in data, um, especially in how it pertains to the last mile and connecting with these carriers. So Luann, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be with you again, Emily. Uh, you're right. It can seem like a very uh, insurmountable challenge when you start thinking about the data side of things and how to connect final mile carriers to make your final mile deliveries. But I think there's some things that you can take a step back and uh, it's not so bad. First of all, let me say this, you don't have to be an expert in the data. The key in a process like this is finding a partner who is an expert in the data. But I do know that there are gonna be conversations that you may be in within your own company or when talking to business partners that it would be helpful to know a little bit more about some of these different types of data and what you need to be prepared to hear discussed during the process. So let's start for a minute at something pretty basic. There's really lots of ways that data can move back and forth, but there are two primary ways that we're going to see it happen when it comes to transportation data. One of them is a file-based method of transfer of data. And what that is, is a traditional form that's been out in the marketplace for years. It started a long time ago with something called EDI X12, Electronic Data Interchange. Uh, it was designed to be a set of standard transactions that every order transaction would look exactly the same. And you could tell somebody, I'm using a specific version of EDI X12, and the business partner would immediately know how to format their data. Uh, but what we ran into with that is that even though it's considered a standard, and you can't see me putting standard in air quotes, but it really isn't a standard. Everybody has a different flavor and a different way of using EDIX 12. It usually requires um, some technical capability in order to format the data the right way, and it's not very easily readable. So along came another type of file-based transfer called XML. It's different in that it is both human readable and machine readable. So if I have an order transaction that I'm going to send and it's in XML, I can look at it and read exactly what it is because there are tags that label each field 
and it's supposed to be a more easily understood data set and it's supposed to be easier to do. There's another version of file-based transfers called flat files. Sometimes it's an Excel spreadsheet. Sometimes it's a CSV file that you've generated out of Excel or out of a system. It could be a comma delimited or a fixed width file, but it's a very basic file structure with data in columns or data in specific field widths. And that's another way that files can be formatted. File-based transfers, it's all about the format, whether it's EDIX12, XML, flat files, there may be some other ones out there. But one thing to keep in mind about that is you're moving a file back and forth of data. That file may have information on one order. It may have information on lots of orders. So sometimes those file transfers can take seconds or minutes to push or pull back and forth. So again, we use this phrase near real time. It's very close to the real time that the event occurred, but it's possible it could take a few minutes or sometimes it's even sent in batches during the day. File-based transfers also require a method of communication and those have evolved over the years as well. We used to see something very simple called a file transfer protocol, FTP. You may have heard that acronym. And now those have even evolved to something called secure FTP, SFTP, Hypertext Transfer Protocol, HTTP, the stuff we see at the beginning of those URLs on our web browsers all the time, secured HTTP, and then there's AS2 communications. So think of it this way, file-based transfers require a file format and a method of communication in order to get them between you and your business partner. And that type of transmission of data, the file-based kind, has been in existence for a long time now probably since the early 70s when EDI first began to evolve. Nowadays, you're going to see something called API. An API is a more modern way of moving data back and forth, and that involves a direct call or insertion of data into a database. It's a software system to software system, internet-based communication, and it's usually a preferable approach when you need real-time shared data. Now, again, you can get really deep into the details on these, but those are the main terms that you're gonna hear people talk about. And the other thing you're gonna hear is that your partners, your business partners, will have different capabilities. Some of them will be able to do EDI X12 because maybe they're running on an old proprietary system or a system that's been out there a long time, and that's the preferred format. Some of them are gonna do other things. API, probably a little more recent system, will have an API capability. The key is you don't have to worry about all that. We can handle all of this through eTrack and those that detail and those options are something that our team's gonna help you sift through, evaluate, and make a selection based on what your data needs truly are. Wow, yeah, that's really breaks it down simply. So as we apply this to a shipper 3PL company retailer um, who is trying to send their orders to a regional or local carrier. How does that apply to these API EDI file transfers? What kind of data are you trying to get back and forth? What kind of data can these different methods handle? Well, we've seen a little bit of everything uh, with eTrack. We've seen order information data where you're sending the request for a transportation move down to a carrier. We see the carriers push status updates or event updates back to us, things like when the freight's been received on the dock, when a residential appointment has been scheduled, when something's gone out for delivery, meaning the truck's on its way. 
uh, the proof of delivery and the signature images. But boy, we see a whole lot of different options now. In the last several years, we see drivers sending us pictures, photo images of documents or where they've left freight or where they've left a package on the front steps of a consumer's home. We see them send delay information because that's an important piece of it. Um, there are things that happen in the transportation world that things don't go exactly as planned. Uh, sometimes we hear it called the happy path when everything goes as expected, but we know life happens. So sometimes there are traffic delays or weather delays, or we get to a home where we've got to do a residential delivery with a required signature and there was no one there to receive the package. So delays and exceptions can be sent as well. When I think of exceptions, I think of things like overages, shortages. We were supposed to deliver five boxes, we only had four. Damage that's on the outside of a carton. Maybe we get there and the customer says, this is a duplicate order of what you sent me before, I'm refusing this one. So delays and exceptions data can definitely be moved through this process. Recently, we've seen some other things that have become very important as well. So barcode scanning at the package or the item level. Um, when they're key products or maybe they're high dollar volume products, you want that barcode scan that the driver's showing that, hey, I did have the barcode on the package, I've scanned it, and that's the package I've left at the door. We've also seen recently, and we've all kind of gotten used to this with residential deliveries, thanks to some of the big players in this market, of wanting to know the GPS position of the driver. How far away from my house is the driver? Can we get that kind of information transferred back to you? Yeah, if it's important to you and your customers to know that, you can certainly do that. Another category that a lot of people sometimes miss is the invoice transaction data. So if you're working with a regional or a local carrier, having the ability to receive their invoices back to you electronically cuts another bit of that paper out of the system. So when you ask the question, what kinds of order data can be moved? Well, what kind of data do you need? We can pretty much handle it. Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned data coming back and forth. And one of the most common misconceptions we hear about regional and local last mile carriers is that they don't have the technology to send data to provide that visibility. So we, of course, know that's not true. But what in your experience, what can these um, regional and local carriers handle as far as receiving data and sending it? Yeah, one of the things about this particular segment of transportation is that these carriers are uniquely positioned to service the final mile. They're more willing to customize deliveries. They're more willing to customize delivery schedules and routing. Um, you may have a situation where your product needs to be delivered to the consumer and maybe there are items that are being returned back. Um, when you think about things like uh, soda canisters coming back from products or even in medical products when you're bringing oxygen canisters back, those kinds of things are where your final mile carriers are really positioned well to handle this because they're willing to work with you to develop a customized workflow. They also know the area, they know the geography because their focus is on a regional basis or on a local area, they're gonna know where to avoid traffic. What's the best route to get to a highly populated area from their dock? The other thing you're gonna find is from a technology standpoint, most of them are gonna have the technology to do what you're looking for. 80% um, of carriers out there use the top 20% of the operational systems. And in this space, there are lots and lots of different systems that can come into play. 
from an e-track perspective, uh, we've worked with an awful lot of them. We know what those systems are capable of doing. And if there's data that you need that maybe the operational system doesn't cover, we have gap technologies available that we can plug into the piece of the puzzle and be able to provide all that data that you're looking for. Sure, and it, we've talked about the data coming back and forth from the shipper, 3PL, to the regional and local carrier. Um, what about the customer? What kind of information can you send to the customer? Can, how much control do you have over that data and moving to them? Yeah, we've worked with clients who eTrack handles the behind the scenes movement of the data back and forth. And then we push data back to the shipper that is then displayed to the consumer via a website, via a mobile app, whatever the shipper already has, we can certainly feed that from behind the scenes. We can also go ahead and if need be, give you the capability to display that data through our own tools. Uh, maybe you don't wanna invest in building a tracking site on your website. Well, we can handle that for you. We can take care of that. One of the things that's really important to keep in mind here is as a shipper, what do you need to see, but also what do your customers wanna require? How much detail do you need? Does the customer really wanna see that the driver's within five miles of their home? Uh, how much detail can the carriers give you back? Well, that's part of the evaluation of your carrier group. Do they have the data that you need in order to meet those customer requirements? Absolutely. Now, one of the biggest things that's been highlighted in 2020 is paperless. So even those that were resistant to going paperless before, now you don't want to share pens or get a written sheet of paper back and forth between you and customer. So how can shifting your opinion on data and putting more stock in data help your company go paperless without losing any of that um, tracking or um, receipts? Yeah, the whole idea of transportation where uh, parcels are loaded onto a truck and a driver is given a paper manifest and a bunch of paper delivery receipts uh, and is told that as you make your deliveries through the day, get your signatures here on the manifest and on the delivery receipt. And uh, like you said, nobody's really willing to touch the paper or the pens these days. Uh, touchless delivery is a is uh, I think what we're going to see is a lasting effect of what we've we've been through here in the pandemic. Um, if you're in a situation where you need to provide um, delivery receipts, there are ways of gathering the data electronically and creating an electronic delivery receipt. Maybe that has to go back to um, the original retailer if you're a 3PL. Uh, they wanna see something that shows that the data, excuse me, that the deliveries were made as expected. Um, you may still have situations where maybe it's a high dollar item and the consumer is there and they actually sign on the driver's mobile device. Maybe it's a tablet, maybe it's a, a smartphone, whatever the case may be. We can take that information and create the documents if they're needed. Um, and then even get to the point where, as I mentioned about those invoice transactions, uh, no need for a paper invoice to go back and forth anymore. We can certainly work with you to determine what sorts of documents need to be replaced and work through that transition to eliminate those wherever, wherever possible. 
Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful um, motivation this year's been to go paperless and having the foundations there in your data to make it a seamless transition to paperless is great. So another thing that we hear a lot um, about data and its involvement is people automatically jump into AI. So what role does AI have in the movement of data? Um, what can people utilize there? All right. So, yeah, there's usually a misconception because the movies have done a job on all of us where uh, AI is seen as some robot in the background taking over human tasks. Uh, we don't have a robot from uh, from the movies behind the scenes moving data back and forth. But keep in mind with this, there is automation through technology. So what happens, uh, a driver makes a delivery and let's say it is one of those high dollar items and a consumer actually has signed on a tablet to show that they've received the product. Once that signature is captured, that data automatically flows back from the driver's mobile device, behind the scenes, across the internet, uh, back into eTrack, and then back to the shipper system. So the automation is automatic triggers that are in place through the systems that the carriers use, through the eTrack translation platform, back to the shipper 3PL so that there are fewer people tracking down information and the reliance is now on technology to move the data where it needs to go. Um, by the same token, when you're talking about moving uh, the status updates back and forth, once the information is entered um, by the driver making the delivery or from the dispatcher who's dispatching the driver, that data is automatically triggered to come back to you. So there's not a big robot back there moving it all around, but the systems are designed in such a way to automatically push data where it needs to go in order to satisfy your requirements. Absolutely, and you have a wealth of experience working with people day in and day out on data, on helping their companies learn about moving data through eTrack. Um, if somebody says, hey, I don't have time to handle this, how do you answer them? What kind of um, time involvement or investment is there for people who are looking to um, get more of their information back and forth via data? With the clients that I've worked with over the years, I don't think I've ever seen a situation where a company actually devoted one person 40 hours a week to converting their work from maybe the big three shipping companies into local and regional carriers. It's not gonna take 40 hours a week to get this all in place. There will be more time during the implementation process from you than maybe when it's up and running. But keep in mind, with the right partner in place, it doesn't have to be something that uh, completely turns your life upside down. It is an organizational change in policy and procedure to work with regional and local carriers. But I think you find from a cost standpoint, from the ability of these companies to have uh, maybe more capacity, more specialized capability to do what you need to do, I think you're gonna find that it results in a more satisfied customer. So as you get the process up and running, there are ways that you kind of stay on top of it going forward. We've got KPIs and metrics that are available from eTrack. You can work to the point of having us design carrier report cards and evaluations. And basically, as long as you are communicating with your carriers, and I'll be honest, the carriers are gonna communicate with you. Um, these companies are very professional business people. They know when they can't meet a requirement, maybe they're supposed to have all the trucks out on the road making deliveries by noon each day. And if the delivery of product doesn't get to their dock till 11.45 and they have to sort and seg, get the 
products out on the route trucks, they're going to know, I can't do this for you. They're going to come back to you and tell you when there are issues and things that they work together. I think what you'll find in this industry as more and more shippers and retailers and 3PLs work with the local carriers, you're going to find it's very communicative. It's very much a partnership. We're all in this together. And that's the same feel you're going to get from the team at eTrack. We've been doing this a very long time, working with these types of carriers. And we love seeing when this plan comes together and things work well. Yeah, absolutely. And I have one more question before you let, I let you go, because we have focused on the the real-time transfer of data right now, people getting alerts instantly or near instantly. Um, what about the historical applications of getting all of this data? What do people use it for afterwards? Where can they store it, see it? What should they be um, doing with their data when they don't need it in real time anymore? Yeah, there's a number of different things that we can do with that. I mean, some of them are services that eTrack can provide in terms of data storage in terms of reporting database capabilities to look at trend analysis. It gets really important as you've done a couple of years of this to look at, okay, how did things change during peak season? How did things change when returns became the big deal in January and February? Um, the trend analysis and historical data analysis is very important in your planning process. Um, we can certainly help with that if you need us to. Uh, we've got a number of tools for reporting that would allow you to do that work, or we can just help deliver the data to you so that you can store it and review it for future planning and analysis of, of what's taken place. I know most companies will sit down in January or February after peak has kind of uh, settled down and try to determine, okay, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? What's our after action plan? And how can we use this going forward to make sure that we're doing the most we can with the data and the resources we have? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Luann. I really appreciate it. I know people have learned a lot. You've done a great job breaking down data and it's the basics of data for us. Um, so if you have any additional questions, make sure you reach out to Luann on LinkedIn or on our eTrack website. We also have extra last mile resources on the eTrack website. So thank you, Luann. Thanks, Emily. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Final Mile podcast by eTrack. You can learn more about the Final Mile and eTrack at eTrackFinalMile.com.